Praise the Lord and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast. My name is Charles and with me is my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Scott, would you like to say hello to everyone out there? I would. Hello to everyone that's listening to this podcast. Again, we thank you so much. You're taking time out of your busy day with everything you might have to do to just take a listen to us. That's why we pray. What we're saying, what we're ministering to you is hopefully it's a blessing. It's encouragement. It's, it's sure what we want to do here is it bless you and encourage you in the Lord. Thank you for listening once again. And I want to thank you as well for listening. Um, me and Scott do not give ourselves any credit for what's going on. This this podcast belongs to the Lord. And before we do, everyone, we pray that the Holy Spirit completely takes control and orchestrates these in the way that they should go. Because, I mean, if Scott's honest, it sometimes comes down to the very moment that we're speaking when we find out exactly where the Holy Spirit is taking us. And uh, (laughs) I always feel like, Scott, that they're the best messages when they come still sizzling off the griddle of God, so to speak. Amen. 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 A, lot, now, a lot of times, and, and I don't, I don't, I, I do, I agree with preparation. You should prepare yourself. A lot of ministers do that with their scriptures and their points. That's, that's fine. But a lot of times, you know, Charles, we can get in the way. <laughs> we can over prepare, so to speak, and get in the way. And some of those hot, fresh off the griddle messages you say are the best ones. We ain't had a chance to get in the way. <laughs> That's true. Now, you know, I'm like you, you know, I want to make sure that we are prepared to a certain extent, but you can be over-prepared. And then I've, I've seen other people get up there with no thoughts and no, no premise at whatsoever. And it just turned into a disaster. So even, and this goes right with what our topic is tonight. There's a balance. There's a balance in preparation. There is a balance in, um, spontaneity god is a god of today he yes. said i am the same yesterday today and forever so yes god believes in preparation he saw the end from the beginning but also god is a here and now god so sometimes uh it, it takes him wanting to say what he's got to say right on the spot um, i've been in situations where he has changed his message right when i stand up now i do not like that he don't seem <laughs> but I am not a big fan of that happening, but it has happened to me. And I believe Scott has probably happened to you as well. Oh yes. Quite a bit. Yes. Well, before we get started tonight, I want to just go ahead and give out the information that we usually do, uh, on how you can reach out to us, what you can do to speak to speak, get in, touch with us with either comments about what you hear or feedback, whether it be negative or positive or any questions that you might have something that you may want expounded on a podcast in the future. Uh, or if you have prayer requests, me and Scott are praying, meaning, and we will definitely join our faith with yours and pray for any need that you want us to pray for. You can be as specific as you want to, or you can just, say that you've got a special need and to call your name up before God, God knows. And that works just as good. Um, So if you want to reach out to us, there's several ways. We do have a YouTube channel. It's called key of David ministry. So if you're a YouTube listener, go to YouTube and at YouTube's homepage, just search for key of David ministries. You'll want to do all four words. That way you will find our location There's a place there for you to listen to every podcast that we've had in the past. I will be also placing those podcasts that we do in the future on that same channel. And you can leave likes, dislikes. You can leave feedback, comment, ways for us to reach out to you. So our YouTube user, Uh, you can also reach us on uh, the podcast. There's links in the show notes or our blogs, as well as our email address. Let me give you that email address in case you want to take note of it and send an email to us of your thoughts, your comments, or your prayer requests. The email address is key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. 
And I'll repeat that one more time in case you're writing it down. Key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. And we encourage you to reach out and we will definitely get in touch with you. I keep a good check on those email addresses as well as the YouTube channel. And uh, if you leave any comments, I will be able to respond to you in a timely manner. Uh, Scott, before we go, the Lord, before we go into the message that we believe the Lord has placed on our hearts, I do want you to pray for not only the listeners, but for us, that the listeners will be prepared to receive it and that we will get out of the way and let God have his way. Absolutely. And, and to add to that, Charles, speaking of writing in for comments, we, we do got a praise report to add. There was a, a person who has listened to the podcast that uh, did ask for prayer and uh, it was a very it was a very serious and grave need and just to give a praise report praise to god we saw an answer to that need charles you know which one i'm speaking of we saw an answer to that need and and thank god for answered prayer there is there's still power praise god and and praying to a god who is real alive and current he's current it's <laughs> a good way to put it. So before you pray, gonna... yeah, before you pray, Scott, let me just mention the reason that we encourage you to send your prayer request in because you might be thinking, well, the Bible says that He knows our needs even before we ask Him. And why do I need to have other people praying for Him when I can just tell Him what I need? It's because the Word of God declares that where two or more agree on anything, yeah. that it shall be done. So we are following the laws that God set in motion. You know, there are laws of nature, like the law of gravity. Then there are laws uh, in the word of God that if you follow the conditions that are needful to be met in God's word, then whatever God promises, you will be rewarded for. Amen. And the reason that Scott's given that praise report is because we believe in the word of God and it says we're two or more agree. And Scott got with me and we got with that person who had that need and we all prayed, lifted up the name and God moved in a timely manner. And it was a wonderful, wonderful thing to be a part of God answering prayer. And we want to be a part of God answering your prayer. Yes. Now that I've said that, go ahead, Scott, and lead us in prayer. Absolutely. I, I, I think the one of the best gifts that a person can give me is I get a chance to see prayer answered in somebody's life. That that I know it does you too, Charles. It, and I don't know why we're saying this, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But we, I, I mean, it just tickles me to no end to to get a report. Please pray for me, and then we see the answer to that prayer. I, I think that's just like one of the best things I can ever lay my eyes on. So if you have that need, if you, if you need something, please, please, by all means, write in, email in. We will be happy. We'll count it a privilege to pray for you. Let's just go ahead and start this with prayer. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus and God, with all the faith that is within me, because I know faith pleases you. And, Father, we come with all our faith right now that the people that are listening to this podcast, that they will be able to have ears to hear what we're saying, be able to have uh, a heart that can receive what we're saying. I ask for the Holy Spirit of God right now to, to just hit their ground of their heart to where they can receive this word and where it goes in. God, we, we praise you that you're going to be in the middle of this podcast, that you're going to take the lead, that your anointing is going to be on it. And whatever need that these people are suffering right now, the great thing about this, God, that I rejoice in is that there's no need too big for you. There's not one thing that we as a people on the face of, the, of this earth can bring up to you that is impossible for you. But all things are possible God to us that believe help us. I believe there was even somebody in the, in the word that said, I believe help my unbelief. Maybe we're in a spot God where it's just a little tough to, to believe that you would even do something for us, but God give us that faith. 
God that yes. believes that you are now, you are current, you are here, you are willing, you are able, just like you did for those people in the Bible, you'll still do for people today if we'll just believe. And I believe with them right now, whatever need it is, you will meet it. God, that you'll touch them right now where they're at, that they will be able to rejoice and have a song to sing where they couldn't sing before. Maybe the devil has stole people's songs and and uh, praises that they have out there recently. God, I ask that you renew that song in their heart. And God, will be thankful. We'll give you the praise for all of it. In Jesus' name, God, touch Charles, touch his mouth, touch mine. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Good prayer. Good prayer. I felt the spirit of the Lord on that prayer. You know, when you, it says the Bible declares in Romans 8 that when you don't know what to pray for, that the Holy Spirit will intercede and pray through you and for you. And it says that that's the best way to pray because he prays for the direct will of the Father. Yeah. So I encourage you, if you have the ability to pray in the Spirit and you feel the Spirit giving you that green light to let him take over. You always want to do that. You always want to let him pray for you because even though it may scare you, what comes out of your mouth on behalf of God, when the Holy spirit prays for you, it may scare you saying, I don't believe that that I don't want you. You you may get scared about what he's got planned for you, but trust me, God knows you better than you know yourself and you will never know who you are in Christ unless the Holy spirit reveals it to you. Mm. And so I encourage you always pray in the spirit and, and just for you Pentecostals listening, (laughs) praying in the spirit does not only mean praying in tongues. I do believe there is a heavenly language that you can use when you pray, but I have prayed with understanding and it being praying in the spirit at the same time. So, I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the future if the Lord tarries. <laughs> I'm sure. But, uh, I'm sure. But, Scott, earlier, uh, before you prayed for this podcast, I mentioned balance. And balance is a tricky thing. Um, it's it's tricky no matter what you're trying to balance. Uh, and we're going to talk about balance tonight. I learned something a long time ago that, I've been wanting to mention, and it's it's these steps that you're going to have to learn uh, that proceed in your life, and it's just simply three words, fact, faith, and feeling. Facts, that's the Word of God. Faith is faith in the Word of God, and feelings are a result of putting faith in the Word of God. Those things are real they are necessary and they are a part of every believer's life where they should be now what we have is we have groups of people who usually the pendulum swings scott from one side all the way to the other they're either all about the facts and they shun feelings because they don't trust them or we have groups of people in the in the lord and i'm going to say they're they're christians they believe they love the lord It's just their life's out of balance. And because they're out of balance, they suffer. They suffer in their walk with God. They don't get total victory in their life. And I feel an amen on that. Um, Amen. I'm even speaking to myself, Scott. Every time there comes a time in my life where I don't have a victory over an area in my life, it's one, I'm either not applying the facts or I'm not allowing God to touch me in the feeling part and if i get a balance i'm going to get victory over that victory in my life victory over the enemy but it is so hard scott to maintain that balance between the the word of god the faith of uh, that you apply to the word of god and where the feeling part of it fits in um do you have any comments on that before i go any further it makes me just a little comment. It, it makes me think today's society, and I'm I'm going to lean toward the feeling side uh, of this balance equation. But you know, it's so hard. I've noticed for people these days to to get in touch with the Lord. One of the benefits, Charles, of being 
intimate with God, with having a relationship with him, is he's going to not only touch your faith, he's not only going to touch you through facts, but he's going to touch you with feeling. I mean, he, he's, he's going to stir up your heart. He's going to, with joy and gladness, and I don't know about anybody out there listening, but if they've ever felt the, the just powerful presence of God, it's going yeah. to affect you. Your, your heart's going to start palpitating a little bit. Maybe a tear is going to fall from your eye. I, I, I don't normally cry. It, 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 it takes a lot uh, to make me cry. Very rarely do I cry. But the moment that the presence of God comes upon me, I can't stop the tears. Now, it's different for everybody. But I've noticed in today's society that, Charles, we're, we're, we're conditioned, we're programmed to turn off, to, to become hard, if I can say it that way, to, to feelings. You're a man. You're not supposed to show any emotion. You're not supposed to cry. You're not, you're not supposed to, to have those kind of feelings stir up in you. And we, we, we kind of program ourselves to be hard to one of those three, if you will. And this is what we're going to be speaking about today and trying to talk to you about that balance, <laughs> as you Amen. put it, Charles. Amen. Now, the balance, it all stems from one place in a believer's life. And that's the heart of the believer. Now, when I say heart of the believer, I'm not talking about that four-chambered machine that pumps in your chest. I'm talking about the very core of what makes you you. And uh, that's the prize. The prize that everyone's, that, that both God and Satan are fighting for is your heart. And in your heart, Dwells all the fullness of life. I mean, matter of fact, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says to keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life or the, the fullness of life, the substance of life. Um, and this applies to both your physical heart as well as your spiritual heart. Your physical heart pumps the blood through your veins. And it doesn't matter, Scott, how good or how perfect that physical body is. If you stop the heart, that body dies. If you cease, mm-hmm. and if you cease the blood to flow in that body, despite how how in good shape that body is, despite how good the organs are, if there is no blood flowing in a constant state through that body, death occurs. Well, there has to be a flow inside of the spiritual heart as well. There has to be a flow of the spirit. And if the spirit's not flowing in your heart, then your heart will begin to die. Your spiritual life will begin to lane. Uh, you know, it, it will begin to feel the effects. And we have talked about this before. You will experience death in your spiritual walk with God. If you are out of balance, if all your life is is facts or all your life is is feelings, then your spiritual walk with God, your spiritual life, your heart will feel the effects of it. Um, Absolutely. I, I believe a great message or a great verse or scriptures that we can start with, Scott, is a parable that the Lord himself spoke, and it's found in Luke chapter 8. And I've asked you to read it, if you don't mind, if you will read Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through verse 15, so we get an idea of what Jesus is talking about in this parable. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and other fell on good ground and sprang up and bear fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be 
And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Oh, I love it. That last verse, I'm going to read it again. Verse 15. But that on the good which in an honest and good heart have kept the word or have heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. That's what it's all about. It's all about the Lord getting a return on his investment. I want the Lord to receive the reward for his suffering. Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose from the dead. And he sowed into mankind the kingdom of God. And that kingdom has been growing ever since. And the kingdom of God is all about the seed being sown into the hearts of men. And that bringing forth fruit worthy of, uh, it says fruit to perfection or completion or maturity. And when the Lord returns, he's going to have the fruit or the reward for his suffering, for his sowing of the word into the hearts of men. Scott, I believe that this talks about the heart that the, it says the sower, the, the seed was the, the word of God. The sower is the Lord or the, the Holy spirit. The ground is the heart of man. And it talks about the different types of ground that there are. Some of it was stony ground. Some of it was ground that didn't have much earth. Some of it was ground that was choked with thorns or cares of this life, and then there was good ground. Um, what do you think is the biggest lesson that we can learn from this parable? Well, I, I like this parable so much, Charles. I've noticed something here that I didn't notice before till just now. Okay. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> Verse 12, you know, we want to subscribe, uh, I guess is the right word, Everything is the devil's fault, and I'm beginning to feel a pain here. We want to uh, subscribe everything as the devil's fault. Well, the devil made me do it, just like Eve and Adam were quick to say that the devil took the word from me. The devil stole my joy. The, the devil, and he does do those things. Yes, he's a, a, a real live entity, whether you want to believe him or not. He's still roaming around and doing these things. But I noticed something here, Charles. It differentiates in verse 13. Now, verse 12, the devil steals. Look at verse 13 again. They on the rock are they which when, which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Oh. Now, that's somebody, that's somebody who, by no fault other than themselves, didn't do anything with the word that they heard. Yes. Might, might a person interject the word neglect? in here they neglected to do anything with what they heard what do you think about that i just now saw that well as you were speaking it the the light came on above my head as well have no root you know anytime you plant something if it doesn't put roots down then it never grows good enough to produce fruit and roots must be carefully grown and it said these people had no root or they didn't they didn't take the time to root themselves. Mm-hmm. And they were all on the, you know, they were all above the ground. And everything that was about them, all their substance was what you could see with your eyes, what you could hear with your ears, what you could feel. And I believe these people are out of balance. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And then you got the other one where it says that some fell on ground that was full of thorns or cares of this life. Now you're talking about the ground and it never got a chance to reach up above the ground and produce fruit. It got choked before it could grow. That was out of balance, but it was the good mm-hmm. ground that was honest and uh, an open heart. That was the good ground. But I just noticed what you said. It had no root. It was out of balance. It was all on the top yep. of the ground. There was nothing on the bottom of the ground. And it, that's just what we're talking about today, Scott. There is a balance. Now, the foundation, it says, the, the Word of God says, no other found can, foundation can be laid except for Christ and Him crucified. And we know Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. So there is no other foundation that a Christian can build their life upon except the Word of God. But, but, Scott, it, it goes farther to say that when you have that foundation, then if you read that same story, Paul says, let every man take heed how he builds upon this foundation. So you are definitely supposed to have a good foundation, but you're also definitely supposed to build on top of this foundation. And Absolutely. so there's a balance. There's a balance below the ground. There's a balance above the ground. It's not a complete structure. It's not a complete life. It's not a fulfilled life in God's plan if there's a balance, if it's out of balance either way. Absolutely. And I like that verse 15 you keep referencing. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, now, the word comes along. If you notice that verse of Scripture, Charles, and I want you to tell me what you think also, but you notice that the word comes along after the ground is made honest and good. Oh, yeah. After that word has been worked, you know, the ground of his heart, and we're talking proverbially, that, that heart you spoke of, not the four-chambered pump mechanism, but that which is you inside was has been cultivated in honesty and goodness that is ground that when the word of the seed hits, it's going to automatically go in and take root. I noticed that as well. So there's that balance that we have a part to play in. I do agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? That brings up a legitimate next question. If the ground is either stony or if the ground is full of the cares of this life, like thorns, or if the ground, you know, there's, there was even the first ground where the seed didn't even make it into the ground at all. It said that the first ground, it was the seed was thrown on the ground. And before the, the, the word could even take root, it said the enemy, the devil came and stole the seed. Or the parable said the birds of the air came and picked the seed up before it even took root. So mm-hmm. if you look at all of these scenarios, the ground is the heart of man, of course, and the ground is already in the shape that it's in. Now, the next question is, is can the ground be changed? Can good ground turn into stony ground? Can stony ground turn into ground that's good? Uh, can, you know, you, you, you've heard that old cliche, can a leopard change its spots? Can someone who has a hard heart become someone with a good and honest heart? Or can someone with a good and honest heart turn into someone with a stony heart? What do you think, Scott? I'm going to say yes to both questions. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you, you certainly can go from a heart that was once on good, honest uh, soil, and, and all of a sudden it turns stony. I, and I, let me reuse that word again, Charles. I think, you know, we, we, we quickly want to go to, well, I fall into rage or I get into anger and I get into those problems and it makes me hard. And those in of their self will do that. But I think the greatest poison, if I can insert this in here, the greatest poison, the greatest trap that the enemy uses is to allow neglect to creep in where we no longer pray like we used to. We no longer read the Word of God like we used to, and we'll throw the various excuses. We'll say, well, I just don't have time anymore. I've got so many things I need to do, or there's so many problems going on in my life right now that I just don't have time to bow a knee to the Father. And then, Charles, you begin to realize 
when you put on that gospel song after a while of that, you put on that gospel song that used to move you to tears. Well, it just don't do nothing anymore. You don't feel anything. You, you go to a church maybe and you listen to the preacher preach. And when he wants you to stir you up, he all of a sudden it just feels like dead air inside this full walled sanctuary. And you automatically want to blame, well, it's my church's fault. Well, it's my preacher's fault. They just don't do what they used to. And, and Charles, we, we neglect, if I can keep throwing that word around, the fact that, whoa, maybe it's me. We don't first check that maybe our grounds got stony. Maybe it's got hard. Mm. And, and yes, to the other one as well, you can take a stony, hard heart and make it good, honest ground. And may I, may I offer me as an example to that because I once had a hard, stony uh, heart that was full of arrogancy, hate, violence, anger, was, was nothing but what was in my heart. But, but Charles, the moment that I got into the presence of Jesus, the moment I began to cultivate that presence that I felt that day, and I began to read his word, I began to get in touch with Jesus in a real-time basis, I found that when a man couldn't cry anymore, he could all of a sudden shed a tear. All of a sudden, he started having compassion. So I'm answering yes to both <laughs> of those. Absolutely. Now, um, I don't know how much uh, of your childhood was spent growing crops or working in the garden, but a considerable amount of my childhood was spent in the garden. <laughs> my, my father was an avid gardener. He planted you name it, and we planted it, and we, you know, corn, potatoes, beans, tomatoes, lettuce, cabbage, onions, almost everything <laughs> that can be grown, we grew it. And when my father got ready to get the ground prepared for the seed, you know, God does it so <laughs> right. He takes everyday life and makes examples out of it for your spiritual good and the same yes, steps that it takes a farmer to get the ground ready to receive the seed is the same thing that must be done to the heart of man before it will receive the seed of the word of God. And I feel the presence of the almighty God yeah. on me yes. right now, because we are finally getting to the place where the rubber meets the road. Scott, when I was young, my father would take a plow and he would hook it up to a tractor. Now, before before I came along, he done it with a horse, but thankfully, by the time I came around, we had tractors. But he hooked up the plow <laughs> to the tractor and he would pull that plow through that hard ground because you couldn't just go out there, Scott, and throw seed on the ground and expect anything to grow. And yeah. And this parable speaks about that. It said some some just got thrown on the ground. Some of the seed just got thrown on the ground, and the birds of the air came and ate it. Um, so before we could plant anything and expect it to grow, my father would break up the ground with this plow, and this hard ground, he would do it in the wintertime, Okay. Now, I, I've, I've got somewhere to go, so if you'll bear with me, be patient with me, it's going to begin to make sense. I'll roll with it. But in the wintertime, my father would take the plow and break up the ground, the hard, frozen ground, and he would tear it up with that plow, and it would turn over these huge clods of earth. And then he would just go away and leave it that way. And I'd say, why are you doing it first? Why are you doing it in the wintertime? And second of all, why aren't you doing any more to it than just cutting it open and turning it over to where the earth is exposed? And he said, Charles, the cold weather, the harsh weather, the harsh <laughs> weather would begin to break up those clods of earth the harsh weather would take those clumps of hard ground and break them and make them soft. And then by the time it was time to sow the seed, the ground was soft. It was flexible. It was ready for us to go down there and put seed in it. 
<laughs> I don't, can yes. you see the picture that I'm painting here, Scott? Yes. And then after he plowed the ground up and allowed it to break up, then we went down there and he would he would have this plant the seed, but that didn't stop there. Because if we just planted the seed and then walked away and didn't work on that seed and cultivate that ground and protect that seed, then come harvest time, we wouldn't have nothing but weeds, nothing but thorns, nothing to gather but weeds and thorns. They would choke out those seeds that we put in the ground. So we had to go down there with the hoe and we had to hold the ground and tear up the weeds and pull up the weeds and the thorns and get rid of them and give those seeds the chance to grow to where they became fruitful. And I remember spending lots of time in the garden, hoeing up and cleaning out and weeding the garden. And, uh, you know, it was hard work, Scott. It was painstaking labor. But you know what? I would grumble about it while I was down there hoeing the corn. I would grumble and complain about having to work this hard. But then come harvest time, when the fruit was there, when the corn was there and the potatoes were there, we sat down at our dinner plates and they were full of all this good fresh food that was the reward for the hard labor and it was worth yes. it. now this is just exactly the way that god does a person there's a scripture found in hosea chapter 10 it's verse 12 and this is the prophet hosea prophesied to the people of god and saying Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. Now that word fallow means hard ground. It says break up your hard ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. He says, for you, ye have plowed wickedness and you have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because thou didst trust in thy way and in the multitude of thy men. So, see, there is a right way to sow and a wrong way. You talked about neglect, you know, where you neglect the word and you neglect when the word comes and God attempts to sow the word in your heart. You neglect your heart or you neglect the word and it becomes unfruitful or it gets stolen away by the enemy. Well, there's also uh, neglecting after the word comes and you neglect to, to weed out your heart or keep the thorns from growing. And this is an unrepentant heart. It's a heart who doesn't protect the word, doesn't protect the so seed that was sown and lets the cares of this life and the sins and the, the desires of the flesh come in and that fruit or that seed is unfruitful. That seed doesn't have a chance to be grown into maturity. Now, Scott, that's exactly the way it happened for my family in the in the physical sense, and that's exactly the way it happens in a spiritual sense as well. Absolutely, I love the parable you just you just <laughs> that was beautiful. I knew where yeah. you were going, <laughs> and I loved it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna propose a question now, as so Jesus began to explain the parable for those. Yep. that are hard of hearing yeah and i'm not trying to offend there but so that we may go on further charles if someone comes to you says all right i hear what you're saying about the sower the seed the the ripping up the ground i i, I hear what you're saying physically now what am i supposed to do what are my tools what am i supposed to do to cultivate my ground spiritually how does this apply in a spiritual sense Amen. someone were to come to you now what would you use for an answer for that? Amen. Well, I believe the best thing to use to explain what you're talking about is another scripture that we have prepared, which is found in Hebrews. And uh, if you would be so kind to read it, Scott, it's Hebrews chapter three. It's verse seven. And uh, I believe it goes through. You want me to go to verse 19? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say pretty okay. much the rest of the chapter. All right. Hebrews chapter 3, starting at verse 7. Wherefore, 
as the Holy Ghost saith. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Let me stop there just a moment. Yep. He's not talking to sinners. Not talking to unsaved. Come on. Let's, let's make that clear. The, the, the folks out there in the world that aren't Christians already have a stony, hard heart. They already don't care about the word. I, there's a false. Charles, I believe, and I, I'm trying to keep my composure here. I'm going to keep it. But I believe there's a false sense of security that has perpetrated the body that they think once they've said a prayer in vacation Bible school when they were nine years old, that they're okay, that they're uh, out of the reach of the devil, out of the reach of the enemy, out of the reach of neglect, that they don't have to do anything else. But, Charles, this word right here proves that that is not true. We are to be on guard with our heart because out of it are the issues of life, just as you have spoken. Let me me keep going. I'm going to keep my composure. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, church people, folks that name the name of Christ. Come on. Take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another. Let me let me stop there. Exhort, encourage, pray. Come Talk on. to God about that person. <laughs> one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if, conditional folks, listen to that if. Come on. I know a lot of you don't like to hear that word, but if is in there. It's a conditional. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Amen. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the propagation. He said it again twice. That means it's real important. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, for some when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? See, so we see that they could not enter in because of, here's that dreaded word, unbelief. Amen. Unbelief. Amen. Now, Charles, well, I just want to say there's so many warnings in this chapter. But before we go back to the warnings in this chapter, I just want to remind everyone when these letters were written originally, they were not written in chapter and verse. And so the complete thought of what this person who wrote the book of Hebrews is saying is finished in the very first verse of chapter four it says let us therefore fear lest the promise being left of us entering into his rest that any of you should seem to come short of it because it says there remains a rest for the children of god yes see yes i'm like scott there are several people out there unfortunately there are lots of doctrines out there and most of the doctrines teach what he said that you said a little prayer when you were in vacation Bible school, when you were nine years old, that you've got your get out of hell free card and you've got your, your little card stamped and punched to get into heaven whenever this life is over. But that's not what this chapter teaches. Uh, chapter three of this, of this book of Hebrew teaches that not everyone that came out of Egypt entered into the rest of God, but their carcasses fell in the wilderness. God said, they're not going to enter my rest because of their unbelief, because of the hardness of their hearts. And people, that same warning is still evident and still alive today. Now, anytime you read, Scott, about the the, the word, you read about Egypt, Egypt is always a reference to the world. 
mm-hmm. always. The world and its worldly system. So it's talking about coming out from among the world, a new life. So it says, not everyone that came out of Egypt through Moses entered into the rest, meaning that Moses went and got them out of Egypt, but Egypt never got out of their heart. You know, Amen. Amen. and that's exactly what happens to so many people that say a sinner's prayer or repeat a prayer after a minister. Uh, or a an evangelist, or a TV evangelist, or a minister, or a, or a vacation Bible school teacher, is if they don't cultivate that word, the devil will come in immediately and steal that word. Or if they do not treat that word like you would treat seed, and let the deceitfulness of sin creep in and choke that word and it become unfruitful. You will end up in the same situation that these people who left Egypt but never made it to the promised land. Do you understand, listener, the scenario that God is painting there? This is an allegory of leaving the world, headed toward heaven. The promised land is on its way, but it's not here yet. And you never make it to the promised land because of the cares of this life or the deceitfulness of sin, unrepentance, unbelief. You never cultivate that word. You never make sure that it grows to a fruitful maturity. Scott, we have so many warnings in this same chapter against such a unbalanced Christian, and that's what we're talking about today. There is a balance, and uh, we're going to talk about the balance even more, but today there is a unbalanced, meaning that you don't protect that word that was entered into your heart. You don't let it, you don't let it grow to its fruitful maturity. And Scott, we're warned of this over and over and over because there is a rest that is yet to come. And there will be many a Christian that day. Matter of fact, Scott, it talks about the return of the Lord. It talks about the rapture. And it says one will be taken and the other led. Two will yes. be walking up the hill, one taken and the other left. Two will be laying beside one another. One will be taken, the other left. Two will be grinding at a mill. One will be taken, the other left. Scott, that's a 50% ratio. Yes. Now, Jesus wouldn't say that by accident. That means that 50%, think about that today. There are millions of people who call themselves born again today. And according to the parables of Jesus, half of those are not going to make it home. Absolutely. That is a very, very fearful thing. And, and you know, the, the scripture goes even further. I, I, this came to me while you were speaking. Uh, we want to neglect this. Uh, preachers don't want to preach on it anymore for fear of losing their tithe but it still needs to be told that it also speaks, brethren, give diligence to make thy calling an election sure. Man. Now, that's not that's not Charles just referring to the calling of the Lord's called you to preach or the Lord's called you to evangelize. That's talking about the calling of the rest that Charles is speaking about right here. Give diligence to make your calling an election sure. And Charles, you were talking about cultivating Maybe we can explore this for a minute if the Lord leads you. But but cultivating, I can, I can hear a lot of people on the other side going, well, what am I supposed to do? Is there, is there a chance for me? You're saying 50%. Well, I guess that means I'm not going to make it. No, this, this here is up to you. This is why we are here yes. speaking, Absolutely. because it is up to you whether you're in the 50% that goes or the 50% that stays. Come and on. it's by cultivation. Cultivation. Let me ask you. I, and I'm just going to, Charles, if I may, let's let the rubber meet the road for, for a few minutes. Cultivation. Let's talk ratios. I love ratios. Let's talk ratios. How, I mean, I, I hear it all the time. I, Christians that talk to me, that they'll binge watch an episode on Netflix, a 10 or 20 episode <laughs> series on Netflix, and they can tell you all about that show yeah. with the intent of the character, the protagonist and the antagonist. They can get inside their mind and understand everything going on with that show. Now, you try to get them to talk about the Word of God, and they are dumbfounded and have no experience or understanding in anything that they're telling you about. Why? Because they can spend all week binge-watching a Netflix television show, but you've not spent one hour in prayer. And then you wonder, 
Why? Charles is talking about a future rest. Let me lay this here. There is not only a future rest for those in the children of God who give diligence, but there's a right now rest that a child of God can partake of. I'm talking about a peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm talking about when the COVID numbers rise, your, your brow is not full of sweat. I'm talking about when the job seems to teeter back and forth and you don't know, you're not worried because you've got rest right now in the Heavenly Father. But that can only be done if you've cultivated that Absolutely. relationship. That's it. Charles, what do you got to say about that? Scott, I feel the Spirit of the Lord. Such an urgency in my heart coming from the Holy Spirit to warn people that this is yes. something to be taken lightly. And I can feel the hair on people's necks going up as we're speaking. I can, I can hear the people saying, well, that's not what I've heard all my life. <laughs> we're not saying something new. We're saying something that's been in the word of God since it was penned, but you haven't took the time to read it for yourself. But I will let the word speak for itself. It says here in Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 and 13 says take heed brethren so make no mistake who the writer of hebrews is talking to take heed brethren not strangers not outsiders but brethren yes believers lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from a living god so is it possible to depart from a living god you better believe it yes but exhort one another daily How often do you do this daily as it is called today? Lest any of you being hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, there is a deceitfulness to sin. You may think that because you was born again years ago that you can sin and no harm and no foul will come of it. But there's a deceitfulness to sin. Unrepentant sin will drag your soul to a devil's hell. Unrepentant yes. sin will destroy your family. It will take your peace. You have no peace. You live in fear. You live in worry and dread. You can't lay your head down on your pillow at night for the bad dreams. And you wonder why. Just like Scott says, mm. you binge watch these programs. You take all this time that we've been quarantined for the COVID virus, that you took all this time and you played games and you been watch TV and you done all these things, but you didn't take the time to read your word and to pray and to seek God's face. And then you wonder why the devil has so much freedom and liberty in your life. You should be. Yes, amen. And it says, listen to this for we are made partakers of Christ. Verse 14, we are made partakers of Christ. And here's the big word. If, 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 <laughs> We hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Jesus himself said this. He said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Same shall be saved. Not yes, everyone yes. says unto me that day, Lord, Lord, we enter in. But those who do the will of my Father in heaven. So there yes. is a balance. And that balance is, is once the word of God has entered your heart, it is up to you to keep it with all diligence. It is up to you to make sure that thorns and thistles and weeds do not grow and overtake the word that was sown in your heart. It makes it unfruitful. There is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God and not be ready to meet him when you stand before him that day. And we're getting so many warnings here, Scott, and I can hear it now. We are closer to the end of this race than we have ever been before. And it is not a time to be playing games at the foot of the cross. It is not a mm, time, no. it is not time to be trusting in something that your preacher or your or your dad or your grandfather or your grandmother told you when you were young. I'm asking you today because salvation is a perpetual work. Salvation is not something that just happens one time in your life. (laughs) Salvation is a work. It's a perpetual work. I'm asking you today, have you been saved? Are you still saved? Are you being saved (laughs) every day by the blood of the lamb and by the spirit of the living God? Because it takes a daily sacrifice. It takes a daily submission. It takes a daily relationship 
for you to make sure that you make heaven your home. And you may not like what I've got to say, but like I said, we're just telling you what the word of God says. Amen. Amen. And let's, let's again, let's just let the rubber meet the road. Talking about balance, if I may add to this conversation, we're talking about balance. We're talking about a balanced Christian, one who's healthy, one who's at peace, one who has joy, one who the storms of this life have no control over. You might have to go through a period where the, the paycheck is gone and you're working to find another one, but you still have peace and joy in that period. You might be struggling with health issues or, or mental instabilities of some kind. You can still have peace. And, and we're talking about cultivating. Charles, let's just make it plain and simple. If you're spending more time in the TV than your word, don't expect joy and peace and rest. I, and, and I love you, and, and I'm saying this in love. If, if you're spending more time in the video game, if, if you can tell me the ins and outs and the tricks and the secret codes of a video game, and you've beat that thing a hundred times, but you've never knelt to pray one time all week, don't expect to be full of joy and singing praises. Charles, I, I can't count you the times, and I'm not trying to be mean here, but I can count you the times that I, I've talked to Christian brothers and sisters. This is what I mean by, by cultivating, by protecting. Is you, they, they go to church, 12, 30, 12 o'clock, whenever that church service ends, they're out of there. They're gone. They're going through the line at uh, Pals or McDonald's. They get back home, and they call me. said, well, I went to church today. Well, that's great, brother. What did the preacher preach on? This is not no more than two hours after that preacher poured his heart out behind the pulpit. What did he preach on there, brother? Well, uh, I don't remember, but it was good, whatever it was. Now, that's that's someone right there that's not taking cultivation seriously. They're not grabbing the word that was preached, hiding in it in their heart, holding on to it. And here's what James <laughs> likes to say. He's not only a hearer of the word, but he's a doer. Now, let's, let's just let's let the rubber meet the road here. Cultivating. If you're praying, if you're on your knees somewhere, seeking God's face, alone, getting intimate with Jesus, getting naked before him, not holding anything back, and fellowship with him. If you're reading his word, if you're, if you're absorbing it on a day-to-day -day basis, that's someone who's cultivating a balanced life Amen. in Christ. That, that, Charles, it, it's not a bunch of hoops to jump through. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's, it's a simple getting alone with Jesus, praying and seeking his face and studying his word brings the balance. You know, Scott, the Bible likens a relationship with the Lord to the same thing as a man and his wife. Yes. And I ask anyone listening who is married, stop talking to your spouse for a while. Stop spending time with your spouse just for a week, even just for a week. Stop spending time with your spouse. Stop talking to your spouse. Ignore your spouse and see within a week what your relationship with that person is like. Yes. And we have people that ignore God time and days without number. We have people who don't talk to Jesus except once a week at church. We have people who think that just because they said a prayer last week, last year, when they were young, that they're going to a heaven where God is going to wonderfully lavish all the blessings of an eternity with him on them. And what happened to the virgins? And keep in mind that parable of the ten virgins, they were all virgins. Half of them were wise. There's that 50% again, Scott. And half of them were yes. foolish. And half of the wise had extra oil in their lamp. They had cult cultivated a relationship. They had kept an extra cruise of oil. They worked on that relationship. And the other, the foolish, didn't have a relationship. And it says that when they came to the door and they beat on the door and they said, and they told the groom, let us in. He said, depart from me. I don't even know who you are. And mm, I want to know, I, I want to ask you, listener, today, and this goes for all of us because we all should, we all, every once in a while, we should always evaluate our relationship. Does Jesus know yes. you by name? Does Jesus mm. know you by name? Do you know when your father speaks to you? 
you have to have someone tell you when God's talking to you? Right now, God's talking to you. Do you have to have someone tell you that's the truth? Does Jesus know your name? That's the prayer that I, that's the question that I would ask you. Do you know the Lord intimately? Have you spent time with him this week? Did you get in his word? Did you pray to him? Did you yes, learn about yes. him? Did you tell him all your love? Did you share yourself with him? If you can't say yes to those questions, then you are the one that me and Scott's been talking to this whole time. Yes. Yes. And, you know, we, we have went for a long time on this, and unfortunately we're going to have to wrap things up. But I know that the Holy Spirit has given enough warnings on this one podcast for everyone listening to be judged on the day of judgment. Yes. And I'm just going to repeat that same verse that I repeated earlier today in Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. It says, sow to yourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. And that's the prayer that we need to pray today. And I'm going to ask Scott to pray for us. I want to ask Scott to pray for me, pray for him, pray for everyone listening. It doesn't hurt to check your relationship with your Lord. And we can do that right now. Right now, if you can't say with a surety, Jesus knows my name. I know the Lord intimately. If you can't answer that honestly, if you can't answer that completely and certainly then you definitely want to pray this prayer with scott scott will you lead us in some prayer yes i will i will and just to bring this to a close charles here's the reason we've took the time on this podcast while we've given out while the holy spirit has given out a warning if you if you know his voice like charles has just been speaking about then you know we're telling you the truth if you're feeling an unction inside you to say i think i need to pray Amen. With Charles and Scott, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. That's right. telling you, no, you're not in good shape. Come There's on. no shame in, in having to, <laughs> you know what? I, I found this to be true. If I come up to you and say, would it offend you, brother, if we said the sinner's prayer today? And you say, hmm, yeah, it would offend me. Then you're in bad shape. Because you see, I want that rest to yeah. be at the end of my life so bad. I don't care if I've got to say a sinner's prayer a hundred times. Amen. As long as I'm cultivating a relationship where I, my, my goal is to make it in Charles. That's my right. goal is to see the King yeah. of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's my right. goal is to bow at his feet. My goal is to give him praise. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I've got to say a sinner's prayer a million times. If that yeah. offends you, you've already got a problem. That's We're cool. already talking to you. Come on. So let's 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 bring this down. There are going to be more things coming, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. But there are going to be more things coming. There's going to be more COVID. There there's going to be more riots. There's going to be more anger and jealousy and hatred fill this world as we're getting toward the end. There's going to be more times where your paycheck gets ripped away, where the job just dries up, where somebody gets sick. There's going to be more of these times coming. And here's the warning. It is designed from Satan to harden your heart, to get you to no longer trust in Jesus. Because you see, that's that's the main thing. Do you trust him? Amen. Do you trust him? Amen. Do you, do you believe what he says? Every person that got something, Charles, out of the word of God, every person that got something from Jesus was someone who dared to believe yeah. he was telling the truth, Amen. that he's out for my best interest, that he really cares about me, that he really wants my best interest, my, my good. He's really after that. You see, and that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to warn you that what's coming is designed to harden your heart. It's up to you if you want to keep good ground or you want to fall by the wayside. It's up to you if you want to lose that rest or you want to hold on to it tight with everything that you got till your knuckles turn white and you're holding on to it tight. Because you see, somebody who's holding on with that kind of death grip is not ever going to lose Jesus. And that death grip is a balanced person praying and reading. I'm talking to you. Charles is talking to you. We're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. Father, Father. we come to you right now. God, we are totally dependent upon your help. God, we we totally, with all the faith that we can muster, believe that you are out for our good, that you are out 
for a good and expected end for every believer. Father, I pray for those right now. Maybe they realize now that they've yeah. been letting a stony heart yeah. creep in. They've been they've been getting harder yeah. toward the things of God. They they notice they've been getting angry easier yeah. and quicker. They got a hair yeah. trigger. Maybe they realize things have been happening in their life. God, yeah. I pray for them right now that they'll find a spot, they'll find a place, they'll kneel down and they'll pray. And God, let them know that you'll be right there waiting on them the moment they cry out. Just like Peter, just when he cried out, Lord, save me, Jesus was right there on the spot in that, in that place. And, and, and Jesus, you've not changed. That's the good part about these stories. You've not changed. You're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. All those that are listening right now, and, and I, I do see a few maybe that's bowing a knee in, in the mind's spiritual eye. Father, be with them, touch them, soften their heart once again renew their joy renew their peace god help us all to realize the danger of a hard heart god help me help charles to realize the danger of a hard heart and god let the holy ghost signal us in a moment in any time and in an instant if we're about to fall into that trap god help us all we're all under this we're all under this help us all father we'll give you praise we'll give you joy we'll give you glory we'll give you honor for everything that you do Thank you for this word today. Amen. Thank we you. give you praise in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen.